Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Morning, Derek. Hey, Tucker. What's up? Today, we're going to talk about mouth guards. Well, not mouth guards, but a mouth guard brand. Well, they do more than mouth guards, yep. but... We're talking about Shock Doctor. We're going to do a case study, walk through some work that we did with a sporting goods brand a couple years back. But the story is really applicable to the way our clients come to us with problems that aren't necessarily rebranding them. Right. Often when we engage with an initial conversation with a with a company or a marketing leader who is in charge of a brand and has a comes to the table with a problem or a challenge around growth or sales or launching a product, one of the key topics, one of the key things that comes up in every one of those conversations is the existing brand. Most of the work that we do is in revising, refining, and refreshing brands that have a history, that have some story, that have some background, and some reason they've, they need to shift, adjust, update and tell a better story. And so one of the questions that always comes up is our our current logo, our current brand, our current messaging, you know, what what's still valid, what's not, what needs to be readdressed. Yeah, and I think the concern a lot of our clients give us are well we don't want to get rid of anything. Like we don't want to we spent so much effort, uh blood, sweat and tears and money trying to craft what we have today. We don't want to get rid of any of that, which is Totally understandable, but the challenges are the challenges. So I think this is a great example. This shock doctor example is a great example of a time where they had a challenge and the solution wasn't to tear everything down and build it new. So let's get into it. Like not going to waste any time here. What was the challenge that shock doctor came to us with? There's a little bit of backstory. So we had been doing a bunch of work, branding work, and rolling out packaging of new brand work for a sporting goods company called McDavid. And at that time, McDavid was headquartered in Chicago and Shock Doctor was headquartered in Minneapolis. And they were similar in size, had a lot of crossover in product offerings. And, and McDavid had targeted Shock Doctor as a com- you know probably its main competitor in the market with wh- with somebody who was doing a really good job with where McDavid wanted to go and after McDavid's rebrand a couple of years of really strong sales success at the retail level with customers with their new more up to date refined aggressive performance looking brand they did overtake in their minds based on some of their um, key metrics. And exactly. Stuff, yeah. um, they did overtake Shock Doctor. Well, behind the scenes, what we didn't know was that Shock Doctor's parent company, which is called United Sports Brands, was actually negotiating to buy McDavid, which they did. Okay. And so then the conversation shifted between, you know, how are we going to compete with this other organization to, now the whole conversation changed. Now they're our sibling or our partner. Partner, yeah. And now what do they look like? So now the marketing um, director that was at McDavid 
now assumed the marketing director level over Shock Doctor also. So now she was looking at two brands and she was tasked with telling two different stories and basically figuring out the brand architecture between the two so they weren't cannibalizing each other's businesses. Yeah. So the the story we're going to tell today is of the Shock Doctor work, but the overarching story is the United Sports Brands architecture strategy right what what are we doing how are we coming to market in all these different areas what are the audiences that's a story for a different day yep but today we're talking about so shock doctor had this thought of competition with their top competitor and that competitor turned into a partner or a sister brand so now we need to not compete with them but work with them to capture either a variation of the audience that we're going after or a completely different audience that we thought we were going after. Exactly. So the primary, the way that this conversation started from Shock Doctor, so Shock Doctor makes all kinds of protection and performance sporting goods products, but their primary product line are mouth guards, protective Mm -hmm. dental wear that's, you know, I think required in a lot of youth sports. Football comes to mind. And, you know, I remember standing in front of the retail wall at Dick Sporting Goods with my, at that time, you know, probably fourth grade son trying to pick out a mouth guard. And it's overwhelming. The quantity of styles, fits, flavors, colors, super hard to do. But ironically, that was the problem that Shock Doctor first came to us with. They said, we, our product line has grown. Basically, we've, we've lost control of it. We've got tons of different types of packaging, and, we do, and we're having a really hard time clearly and quickly connecting with our customers at retail who come in for a mouth guard to help them know which one it is that they need so they can make that purchase and get on with their day and not to confuse them and gotcha. not to overwhelm them. So that was the primary task. So it sounds it sounds like when they came to you with this problem, they had a fragmented brand. It's a great word for it. They had way too many offerings and, or maybe they had so many offerings and not enough clarity or a through line between them to connect them, make it easy for people to understand. Exactly. This is a common problem, right? We have people come to us all the time that say, oh, my, my marketing's fragmented or maybe my messaging's fragmented. We had so many value offers that we don't really have a through line. We don't have a connection. And so for them, it was their product lines. How did you solve that? How do you, what do you do when someone says, we have a fragmented brand? What do you say your first step is to go, okay, do you take a lay of the land? Yeah, the first step, you know, we, we have a process that we follow. Um, we have a five-step process that we go through with every brand that we work with. And each of those steps guides us to make sure that we're looking at this the right way. I think there's a tendency, at least the, the very young version of me, the tendency would be to go straight to what we consider a step four yeah. and just start designing new packaging and just starting to flush this out visually but we realized that because Shock Doctor had grown very successfully, um, they, they've claimed the number one selling mouth guard in the United States, if, if not the world. It's so they're the extre- world. It's an yeah. extremely successful product. Yep. They own the market. And the technology behind their R&D and development is second to none. And so they had just, they'd grown 
and they'd grown so fast, they'd grown out of control. And to understand all the, the features and benefits of the product line, which is, I think, how we would normally would have maybe wanted to start to get to really dig in to see what this looked like, required us to take a little bit of a pause and audit the whole the whole system. We really needed to understand what their challenges were to help us navigate what those ultimately what the solutions were that we would recommend. So we needed to do a, a, a discovery phase and we needed to understand more than anything what was the what's the story, what's the essence, what's the what's the the perception of the personality of Shock Doctor, especially as compared to their now sibling brand, McDavid. Yeah. I think when you see a fragmented um, marketing place, right, or a marketing department, all the different offerings that they have, our first question is almost always like, well, what's the central idea? Um, if you're so fragmented, that means your central idea, either one, isn't strong enough, or two, isn't being applied the right way. And that's a that's a key difference. Whereas someone who might need a, cult, a whole no, new rebrand, they probably have a positioning problem. They probably have a different type of problem in their arsenal. Whereas a, fragment, a fragmented problem is much easier to say, okay, how do we do that? But the hardest part for most marketing departments is to do what you're saying, is to stop and look at everything. You know what the problem is. That doesn't mean you know what the solution is yet. And I think that's a huge challenge. And you know, for them as a business who was who were you know running a business, they ended up uh, Shock Doctor and McDavid both relocated to their new home in um, Southern California, along with the the handful of other brands that United Sports Brands also yeah. acquired. Yep. And they had they're still needing to do work. They're still needing to market, advertise, yeah. and support their current work. The fortunate thing for them and for us is that the marketing leader on that team had just come out of successfully leading a similar challenge and charge for McDavid. And so for her, she knew that for Shock Doctor to be able to execute successfully for the long term, not only at retail, but also in the marketing channels that led the customers to those retail environments, that she needed to get that story, that central yeah. idea in place yeah. first. So let's get into that a little bit. What what happened when you got to, okay, you're looking at everything, you've audited everything, you get a good lay of the land, you know what the problem is. What was their central idea or what is now their central idea around this product? Innovation. Um, innovation for them was the, 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 the through line with all of their products and with literally their mentality. Um, on its own innovation, we hear the word innovation all the time. Um, our companies that we work with, I don't know any company that we work with that doesn't want to be seen as being innovative, innovative especially yeah. somebody who's rolling out very high performance products. But behind the, the difference between where McDavid leaned into the emotional aspects of what their products do for them Shock Doctor leaned into what had got them to being the number one player. And that was to, to tell the story of performance through innovation. It's an interesting note that Shock Doctor has actually innovated 
I see it right on the board here. It's 1992. Since 1992, they've actually led the industry in innovation. And I don't know how they measure that. But if you are saying that that's kind of the part of our history, right? 1992, as we sit and talk now, that's 30 years ago, right? right? Yep. But for 30 years, we've been innovating. We've been innovating well. The market has shown that we've been doing it well. I think it's a lot easier for a brand to rally around innovation if that's what you've done for the last 30 years. Whereas we have clients who say we're very innovative, yet we have never really been innovative before. That's a whole nother challenge. But for them, that story is so familiar. And it's to say, how do we then take that story and apply it across all of our fragmented products? Well, and layered on top of that, one of our problems that we discovered through our work with them was that while their partners, retail partners, recognized them as a leader in innovation and in performance, yep. the athletes and oftentimes the parents of the athletes that were going to the store to buy the product had uh, low brand awareness of Shock Doctor. And as they rated it in their own surveys, the quote-unquote cool factor was very low. And so sports are cool. And if you're walking yeah. into the store to buy a, a sports product and that sports product doesn't convey the coolness of the sport that you're in there to play, that's a problem. Yeah. I, when you think of the word innovation, you think of cutting edge, um, new. I think of a little bit of pushing the envelope, right? And moving that forward. So how does that come into play when, when you're looking at okay, all their different products, how do you start conveying that? How do you convey that to customers? Well, an exercise that we did around what the, not only what perception should the Shock Doctor brand convey to differentiate itself and to improve the cool factor and to connect with its um, target market, but also at the same time to differentiate and separate from its sister brand McDavid, so they're not can't now McDavid does not sell mouth guards, but McDavid and Shock Doctor do sell a lot of very similar products in other categories. So, so there's that differentiating challenge too. The one thing that we realized that Shock Doctor had not been doing in telling any of their stories ever was telling a human story. They they only told a story of features and benefits. Yeah, and the common denominator. For for all of their products are the people that wear them, that use them, and why. And what does having the protection of a mouth guard do for you beyond just literally protecting your teeth and your face and your 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 well-being? It was it was digging into that aspect. And and the and what we landed on for our brand essence for them was the word fearless. When I'm wearing the mouth guard specifically, that gives me the the, the confidence and the the poise to yeah, be fearless. To, right? Now, I know that I'm safe. Yeah. I know that I'm protected. I can get in there and focus on doing the sport that I'm here to do that I love. And so fearless became like McDavid's brand essence is confidence. Shock doctors is fearless. Then, then super similar. Then similar, but, but nuanced. Different. Yeah. And then the nuance became in what does that then look like? 
visually. Yeah. From a look and feel standpoint, what does fearless look like for Shock Doctor? So if you have this new idea, this whole, this is fearless, we're doing this, here's our story, our storyline is all focused on innovation and what that all means and how do we move forward and all this other stuff. I think some people would then go, okay, then you redid the logo, right? But that wasn't a part of this. That wasn't on the table. Um, That wasn't their problem, right? I think a lot of people, especially in the design world, would say, here's your problem. Let's just redo it all. And I think that saying, nope, you have so much equity in that, that you don't need to change the way you look, but you do need to change the way you convey yourself. And we did. We looked at it. We looked at the logo and the tagline and some of those key brand components and um and had some some really good conversations about whether or not those pieces should be addressed and for shock doctor um no they didn't need to be they'd already been refined and fine-tuned um, by their team over the years and already did a nice job of conveying ultimately what we think it needed to and then keep in mind from a business standpoint that logos on <laughs> Thousands and yeah. thousands of items and packages and products and molds and exactly. And if you think about how much money it would cost for them to swap that, it's definitely an, an investment that would change a lot of things. So their their logo was their logo was rock solid, and so our job became to then um, underneath that badge, underneath that symbol, how can we bring a human story to life that creates the look going forward to help update marketing materials, product packaging, um, et cetera, underneath that Shock Doctor banner. So moving forward, you have this whole thing. You've already looked at the, you've looked at the visuals and said, well, the visuals don't necessarily need to be redone, but there does need to be some kind of clarity built into the visuals, right? So what was the clarity piece that you... We already talked about the story. We already talked about the messaging. We've talked about that stuff. From a visual standpoint, was there anything that really stood out as a, this really helped clarify that fragmentation? Yeah, we we ended up going through the exercise of putting together um, a, a, a mood board, uh, a stylescape, a visual art direction that that was the most substantial part of the refinement that that came out of the Shock Doctor piece was the, an updated look. Shock Doctor's brand color is orange, um, and orange is great. Orange stands out in the market. It stands out on the shelf. It's different than their primary competitors, and orange, you know, was never was never going to not. They were never not going to be orange, but the way that they'd presented themselves with the colors that they'd surrounded that orange with in trying to tell stories of flavor or protection levels or um, different product body types, those other colors got really dark and muddy. And there became so many of these colors that when you walked up to the, um, and I can't show the audience this, but we're looking at a picture of it on the wall. If you walked up to the, the retail wall at Dick's Sporting Goods and looked at the hundreds and hundreds of mouth guards that are on that wall, you'd be hard pressed to, if I, if you w- walked away and I said, what was that brand and what was that brand's color? It'd yeah. be hard pressed to say orange. You'd yeah. have been overwhelmed by all the other colors that they had presented themselves with. So there was no brand statement. 
yeah with side, that color side note bad co- podcasting on our end reverting back to visuals no one else right. can see so pause this right now go to the store and then continue listening as you look at a wall of mouth guards exactly um okay so updating the look but what is a i th- we get this question a lot so okay we're getting a we're getting an updated look what's the final deliverable there right like is the final deliverable a style how do you, how do you convey that final deliverable to someone who's like, well, I'm really interested in this, but I just don't I'm not understanding the roadmap here. Well, out of this this piece mood board, um, out of that then came brand style guide recommendations, um, examples, fonts. Um, we ended up designing after that all kinds of social media posts templates and examples that that said here's the here's the creative direction here's the 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 overall look and feel but to help explain exactly what that means for you um here's a roadmap and a literally a book we we didn't work on executing many or most of their marketing materials or their their really robust social media um marketing plan but we gave them a roadmap and a template and visuals, not only for the overall brand, but also for a couple of very specific campaigns that um, that they were running at that time. Yeah, I think uh, a part of this could look like if someone goes, well, what's the final deliverable? A part of it is like actual material building, right? That's actually saying, oh, well, you need a brochure. So we actually do that. Um, the other part of a deliverable that's a little bit squishier is concepting to just say hey we did all this great work we have a new story that we're telling we have a new look we have a whole new set of messaging and you already have an internal team that does all this so instead of us doing and doubling up all the work and not utilizing your resources our job is to inspire the hell out of them yep and to come to them to say, here are the new assets. And we call them assets, but you could call them visuals. You could call them messaging. You could call them storylines, whatever you want to call them. But here are your new assets. Go and make something great with them. And here's an example of that. Not the final product, nothing like that. So that's one way we could go about it. And then the other way is brainstorming big ideas of, hey, what could we do that really sets this new stuff apart? And that stuff makes it a lot easier for them internally to go, okay, I get where you're going after here. Yep. Let's get to work. I think um, two or three like very specific ways that we help them implement the updated brand. One was in the product packaging. So I started yep. by saying there was confusion at retail. And so in working with them, we determined that what was at the time, I'm going to say eight, nine or maybe 12 different categorizations of mouth guards was refined into four. And across those four, what was, again, 10, 12 um, different packaging shapes and styles was consolidated down into uh, two or three. And then iconography, color, and and a template all supported basically a re along with some educational graphics yeah. was yeah. all reorganized so that at retail the the seven or eight different features and benefits that are included in each one of these mouth guards was organized and sorted 
in a really, really clear way. So that was one of the, the executed. Now, we didn't do the production or execute all those packaging. Their team did. Exactly. But we, but we said, yeah. here's the master guide. Um, and, and I would bet that since then, additional rules have been added or modifications and adjustments have probably been as they roll out made yeah. as new challenges yep. have run into. The second way that we helped them was in art directing the photo shoots of their brand ambassadors. Um, Shock Doctor had sponsorship agreements with three or four NBA players. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were the official mouth guard of the NBA. And so while they were running a campaign to promote dental safety to youth basketball players featuring you know these very, very prominent, accomplished NBA players, the question in going into these photo shoots was, well, what is what do these shots look like? Yeah. What's the attitude that we're looking for, both from these these individual people that reflect their own human personality that's authentic to them, but how are we doing this in a color, in a style, in an angle, in a lighting that's going to help us again support and tell the shock doctor story? And then doing that. So even though you set a style, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have all of the assets they need to build out, right? So we could give them all of those things. We could give them verbals and visuals and storylines, and that's great. But if you have a team internally that that needs support with actual photography, then that's totally fine. That's the next thing. So you can kind of see how this process, even though we have a five-step process, there's no finalized deliverable that's right for every single client. So moving forward with Shock Doctor, laying out, I mean, we have, we've laid out catalogs for them and we've done these things that it's like, well, they don't have the ability to do it internally or maybe they did have the ability to do it internally, but here's a couple of examples of how to do it. Yep. Then what what does that look like once here's the project's done, you have a style guide or a brand book that just really explains how to utilize all these great new things. What then? What do you do then? Then we're done. So for a for a, an organization that has an internal creative team that has the the chops, the capabilities, and the energy to continue to roll this out, um, our job isn't to lock ourselves into what you do in your process so that you can't get rid of us. It's a project. We come in, we advise, it's very consultative. Yeah. We provide, we guide, we give you all these assets. They're all theirs. And then we step out and we're here always if as new challenges happen or let's say three, what, what happens often is four or five years go by and then something, something changes again. New products get launched, new, new opportunities come into play a new, a very new campaign might happen. And then they might come back and ask for advice on how to grow that brand style guide or what new direction or even what minor refresh would be appropriate to do again. But it's the, it's their brand. It's not my brand or your brand. It's their brand. Yeah. And, and I uh, think that gets lost um, a lot with some of the clients we have. I, I, we've, we, I actually had a conversation yesterday with a potential client and they were shocked by the idea that we, we don't withhold assets. We don't, everything we work on, are, that's yours. Yep. That's the, even the concepts. We, we work through concepts. We don't, we don't keep all the concepts and say, oh, well, you picked this one, so you don't even get to even look at the rest of them. 
um, they're all yours because what we're doing is trying to solve your business problem. And your business problem is so specific to you that that's not going to work for anyone else anyways. Other people that work in different parts of creative, like photographers or illustrators, yeah. um, web developers, they, they work in different ways on different terms. Web developers often will love to have a maintenance agreement. So they have an ongoing monthly subscription with you for eternity to help uh, take care of ongoing things as needed. Uh, photographers yeah. or when you get into photography, you start look, getting into usage. You have to pay to use things for a certain amount of time in certain ways. We don't we don't work that way. We're we're, we're literally working with you and for you, and what, everything. I mean, this is part of what we're compensated for. Is that everything that we create when we're done, it's yours? Yeah, we. Uh, it's the best example I can have is with websites. It's like if you were to pay for the best website ever and you wanted to change the date on something on your website, you should be able to go into the back end and do that without yep. contacting your website developer. The yep. same that's the exact same way we look at visual pieces, verbal pieces, give you all the word documents, we give you everything that you could possibly want. And that's a, just a kind of a liberating thing to say you're not there's no strings attached here. If you want to see an example of an yeah. internal team that's continually just cranking out work and leveraging just this this piece of it that we help them with, go to go on uh, Shock Doctor's Instagram account, yeah, and look at the quantity of things that they're doing and new directions that they've gone and different sports avenues that they've endorsed um, as they continue to work their tails off to maintain that number one spot. So final note, I'm, I'm going to give my outro and then I think I'm going to ask you for your outro here, but mine is story first. Everything that this revolved around, all, everything the Shock Doctor brand had troubles with is because they didn't, they, they had a story, but they didn't necessarily tell that story to everyone, right? They, they had the story of innovation, but they didn't, they didn't say, oh, okay, customers, here's our innovate. This is how we're innovative. This is how it all works. And this is why that even matters. This is why you should care. So story first, always. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, you stole it from me. Um, <sighs> like I said, when people jump into, well, we need new photography. We need a better brand voice. We need updated messaging, fine-tuned look. We need to engage, we need better engagement with our customers. All of those pieces are, are part of the, the execution and that execution becomes so much easier and so much more meaningful if you can get to the brand essence or that central theme or the story and that story goes back to why, why do your customers give a damn? Yeah. And if what shock doctors customers are motivated by is under this assumption that they're that what they want is to be fearless, telling the story of fearless is so much easier than telling a story of innovation. Yeah. We better watch out, Derek. You swore once and I swore once. This is gonna have a little E on the thing. People Get are the gonna, explicit, yeah, the explicit <laughs> content. Explicit. You better watch out. That opens up all kinds of avenues for different conversations. <laughs> so so be fearless in looking at your own brand yeah. and your story. Absolutely. And how to get there. Be brave. It's it's a lot more difficult to be brave than people make it out to be. It's just push the envelope a little bit. Challenge yourself. But until next time. Until next time. Thank you. 
Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark, guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com. Thank you.